all of you, you are obviously the hardcore conference delegates to actually come to a seminar over lunchtime. So well done. My name's Ariana Walker, and oh yeah, there we are, we're back. How are we doing with the levels, are we okay? My name's Ariana Walker, I'm the Executive Director of Mercy Ministries UK. And uh, we're an organisation that began uh, nearly 30 years ago now in America, started by a woman called Nancy Alcon, who after uh, a good few years of working in the secular environment, she worked for the uh, Women's Prison Service and then she worked in social services with the um, Child Protection Unit. She spent a lot of time uh, realising that the cycle of destruction without the message of the gospel is almost impossible to break. And so God began to speak to her and put a vision in her heart where there would be a place where she could minister to young women with life-controlling issues such as eating disorders, self-harming, depression, and the, and the effects of abuse in all its forms, where she would be free to teach from a biblical perspective the keys to walking in a life of freedom. And so the first Mercy Home began in America nearly 30 years ago. There were three founding principles that God gave to Nancy Alcorn to build this ministry on. And the first one is to not charge any girl for any part of the service that we provide. And the second is to give 10% of all our income that's unrestricted away to other Christian churches and ministries. And the third is that we would not take any government funding that would um, ask us to dilute the message of the gospel. And so that is actually the craziest business plan in the world. And only God can make something like that work, which he did. Because now, 30 years later, we have four homes in America, one in Canada. And our first home here in the UK, UK opened six years ago. Uh, we've just finished an extension project. And by the end of this year, we'll be able to take 22 girls. We are now currently have got 13 girls on the program. And our heart as a ministry is to come alongside churches in this country and provide um, a six-month Christian discipleship program that's residential, that helps young women and teach them the tools to overcome adversity and to break free from their past, but also have the tools to live um, a whole life-changing future, not just for them, but for, the, for people around them as well. I've got a quick uh, DVD to show you just five minutes and I have to say an awesome well done to the PA guys who actually went up on the roof so that you could see the DVD. It's still not brilliant but um, I trust that you'll still get the message. Go ahead. in a cycle of hopelessness and anger, uh, despair. I had no hope, no future, no peace, no truth. Um, there was just pain and shame. Lies tormented my mind constantly. The root cause of my pain were not being dealt with, and I desperately needed help. Self-harm was a comfort to me at a time when all I knew was fear and mistrust. I trusted self-harm and felt like I could rely on it. It began to consume my day. I started to think of new ways that I could hurt myself because I felt that ugly and stupid. 
I hated life and I wanted to die. For most of my life, I lived in almost constant fear. I had eating disorders, self-harmed on and off, and attempted suicide more than once. I had long periods of silence, struggled with the voice in my head, and was unable to control recurring thoughts and images. I've spent so much of my life trying to fix everything, including myself. But the more I tried, the more out of control everything got, till eventually I gave up trying. I allowed the depression and addictions that were controlling my life to overtake me. Mercy Ministries helped me deal with the root causes of my issues. They didn't medicate the symptoms, they didn't treat the behaviour. What Mercy Ministries did was teach me the tools to be able to manage my emotions, renew the mind, and to know what it is to walk a real faith walk with God. To be given the opportunity to give back into Mercy Ministries in the way that I do is just absolutely um, fantastic. To be able to look into a girl's eyes and say, I know how it feels, I understand the journey. Every day is new for me and every day is a new adventure and that's all thanks to Mercy Ministries. Life's been great since um, Mercy. I've, all my relationships have been restored with my family and I'm at a top university doing my teacher training course. In my spare time I get to tutor students that are struggling at school. In the future I'm really looking forward to all the dreams that I had before coming to fruition that I couldn't do because I'd had OCD or because of things that had happened. At Mercy, I learned that I had the power to make choices that would take me step by step out of the darkness that I'd found myself in. God has used Mercy to give me my life back and more, and now I'm really excited about what the future holds. I used to be so scared that I'd always be on my own, but now I know that I never actually was, and I never will be. I always wanted to work with children, but my life before Mercy was me pretty much just trying to die. I was terrified of living, um, but now I'm just amazed at what God's doing in my life and how much he's changed me. Now I work with children in a daycare and I've nearly finished my childcare course. So I'm just really excited about life and I love the fact that I get to invest in children's lives in such a positive way, just like Mercy did for me when I really needed them. Trust the unseen
revelation for you today. You cannot change the past, but you can change the future. You know, it's really easy to think that those statistics, and we've heard many statistics today, are just out there in the world somewhere. But actually, they're in our churches, they're in our youth groups, and they're in our own families sometimes. You know, and our heart as a ministry is to support churches, is to be a resource that churches can offer to their women in their congregations, in their communities that they're reaching already. And it doesn't mean that a girl has to be a Christian to come to us or that she has to have a church to come to us. But we know that what we offer is so Christ-centered. The program that we deliver called Choices That Bring Change is completely based on the Bible. It is the gospel. And we'll go through the steps of those in just a moment. Um, but it really does mean that the girls select themselves as, and they refer themselves. Do they want to be free God's way or do they just want to be free? That, and that really is a distinction between our program and, and many other great programs that are run up and down the country. Um, one of our um, approaches is that we deal with the root causes of the symptoms of some of the things that you saw on that DVD. It's a bit like if you imagine a tree. And on, on the surface of the tree, you'll see the trunk and you'll see the branches. And if you imagine the branches to be the symptoms of someone's dysfunction, so you might see an eating disorder or self-harming or you'll see depression or just an inability to have uh, good relationships with people, addictions, gambling, all sorts of um, destructive behaviours that are on the outside of a person's life that you can bump into quite quickly if you know what you're looking for. Those branches, uh, the, the approach that people can often have is to address the branch. It's to cut the branch off. Let's deal with this particular branch and, and cut it off. But you know that in, in, in normal life, in, in the natural, if you were to cut off a branch of a tree and not deal with the root, the branch will grow back either in the same place or somewhere else. And so our approach has always been to help our young women identify what the root causes of their symptoms are. And to be honest with you, the root causes are fairly universal. They are things like grief. They are things like low self-esteem, like shame, like guilt. Um, they, are, they are things like um, anger, abandonment, rejection. Those, those root causes that are prevalent in many of our lives can in some people and do in some people cause these branches to grow that we are all here today to find out how we can help our young people with the issues they're facing and so the way that we do that is obviously with our residential program so we we help the girls a by removing them out of their situation out of their environment but we do that in partnership with their pastoral team in the church so that they stay in contact with their church one of the first things that happens when a girl refers herself to us when she applies to us is that we will with her permission contact her pastoral team at church her youth worker or a pastor or a vicar or a minister and just ask that 
um, leader to appoint someone in the church who can be her accountability partner, like a big sister type person, someone who can walk this journey with her because this journey is going to be more than the six months that she spends at Mercy Ministries. One of the things we found is that many young women kind of see mercy as their final goal. If I can just get to mercy, if I can just get to mercy, if I can just get to mercy. And they don't see past the short step that mercy really is. And so we've had to kind of develop that and help the the young women see that mercy is really only a short period of time and they need to see further into the future than just getting to mercy. And that's where we work together with the churches. So this accountability partner will assist the young woman as she um, applies to our program. We'll send resources out, we'll provide training for that accountability partner and just equip her as best we can uh, to be able to support that young woman in her environment where she is locally while she's applying for the program. Then while she's on the program, we encourage the girl to stay in touch with the people in her church, for the church to write to her, make sure her accountability is calling her every week. When she goes out for week home passes, she goes back to her church. That she just stays in the church's mind as being one of their girls. Because sometimes, and I don't know if you've found this yourself, especially with problematic people, a church's response can sometimes be, thank God for mercy, out of sight, out of mind, and hopefully she'll be fixed when she gets back. But that's not the best thing for that girl's long-term success. She needs to stay plugged in to her local church. And so as she goes through the six-month program, uh, we keep the lines of communication open. And then when she does leave the program, whether that's through graduation or whether she has to leave prematurely for a variety of reasons, there is already in place um, a network of support for her in her local church because they've been part of the journey from day one. And that's a really important part of what we provide as an organization. And so just to, we haven't got a lot of time, things ran over a little bit, and I do want to leave some time for questions uh, rather than me just talking for half an hour on things that don't interest you. Uh, I'll just do a very brief overview of the, the program that we deliver. That's outside of the normal teaching that we do, praise and worship, and then lunches, and recreation and fitness time. So all that put aside, the actual program that the girls follow, which they get taken through by a member of staff, one of our facilitators, will have one hour session, well, two hours a week for the first 30 days, and then it goes down to one hour a week as well as two hours a week as a group where they look at things like boundaries and safe relationships and, uh, you know, just some general uh, things to help them uh, in that way. But the individual one-to-ones, they follow a seven-step program that can be done in any order. It's not step one, two, three, four, five, six, because they all come at different times. It's individually tailored towards their needs. And so we kind of flip the, the steps around as needed. But the steps basically consist of commitment to Christ. Because it's called choices that bring change. So it's choose Christ. And we have to lay that foundation in early on. Because we believe that whatever the problem is, Jesus is the answer. And we also know through experience that dysfunctional people have a dysfunctional relationship with God. They have preconceived ideas. They have fears. They, have, they are often so burdened down with shame and guilt that they find God very difficult to approach. 
And so we help them through those first steps. We do some basic discipleship with them. Um, we help them understand the role of the Holy Spirit, water baptism, uh, make sure that they've got a basic understanding of salvation, and so we and, and the ability to hear God's voice. That is something really and a really important part of a person's step to freedom in Christ is understanding and being able to hear God's voice for yourself, not relying on books or CDs or teaching or staff or pastors or vicars, but that you can hear God for yourself, that you have a, your own living, breathing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the first step for us to be able to set this girl up for long-term success with the tools for everyday life is for her to be able to have her own independent revelation of who God is to her. Then we look at forgiveness. Forgiveness is a massive key for freedom. And without a good understanding of forgiveness and without someone teaching you how to forgive, especially when you have got a lot to forgive, then without someone being able to walk you through that process, forgiveness is something that very often either doesn't get done at all or gets done partially. They say they're forgiven, but inside there is no forgiveness. And so we spend quite a lot of time with the girls teaching them what forgiveness is about and what it isn't, because there's a lot of misconceptions around forgiveness. And, and then we get really practical. It's okay, let, let's write a list. Let's write a list of the people who you're angry with, the people who have offended you, have hurt you, who've abused you. Let's start there and let's start forgiving. And it can take a girl a week or it can take her three months. It can be an every day, getting up in the morning. Father, I thank you for so-and-so. I thank you that you've asked me to forgive them. And whilst I don't feel like it, I'm going to choose today to extend forgiveness in your name. Lord, help me to forgive. And that's the kind of language that we help the girls to understand and use. And so it's a practical, everyday application of the word of God to their lives. We also look at generational patterns. We help the girls understand that... The cycle of destruction that is so prevalent out there is, it affects all of us. We are all a product of our upbringing, of our socioeconomic background. You know, what you see, you reproduce. If you've been brought up in an environment where life's problems and challenges were dealt with through alcohol, then as you grow up, your default says when life hits and when life hurts, my automatic or my default mode will say alcohol is the answer because that's what you've seen, that's what's been modeled to you. And so we help the girls understand that there is a generational pattern at work in their lives that they have an opportunity through the blood of Jesus to break and that they can rise up. And what we find is that some young women who struggle with such low sense of worth and value, who can't fight for themselves, who think, what's the point of me being free? I don't, I'm, I'm not worth it. I deserve to live in this pain. I brought it on myself. When we start talking about the fact that David, King David, fought wars so that he could hand a kingdom at peace to his son, we would start talking in language where you're not just fighting for you. You're not just breaking through these things for yourself. This is to do with your children that haven't even been born yet. This is to do with not just natural children, but spiritual children. People whose lives you will affect because you right now are choosing life, are choosing to break through, are choosing to forgive. And it is an incredible motivator 
to help A, people understand the context of, of how they found themselves where they are, and B, to, give, to empower them to break free from that, not just for themselves, but for the others yet to come. We also um, look at renewing the mind. It's a massive section part of our program because it's so clear in the word that renewing the mind is a key to freedom. But what we don't often do is break that down for people. What does that actually look like? How do you take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ? How, how do, you know, it, it, it's that, it says that, but how do you do that? And so again, we break that right down for the girls. We talk about the fact that we're all programmed as we grow up. There's an internal belief system that is starting to form. By the time a child is eight years old, it has its value and its belief systems already in place. Now, if there's any trauma or anything that's going on before the age of eight, you can b better believe that there are, some, there are some fault lines running through that foundation. And what we help the girls identify are some of the things that they believe about themselves, about their life, about their past, about their future, about God, that are not true. They are lies. They are false beliefs. And as they identify the false beliefs, we help them find the truth of who they are and the truth about their future and the truth about God in the word of God. And then the bit we can't do for them is they need to make a choice to believe. Hence, choices that bring change. You choose to forgive. You choose Christ. You choose to renew your mind. It's a choice. So when the thought comes of, I will never make it. I was born for sin. I was born unworthy. I was born to be punished. Whatever the, um, the belief might be, the choice needs to be, God has a future and a purpose for me. I am a new creation in Christ. And again, it's to do with identifying and then replacing the old and speaking out the new and choosing to believe that. And we get very practical. There can be pages and pages and pages written throughout the six months of ungodly beliefs that the residents have believed about themselves. And they will work through not just the ones from their past, but what is exciting about this program is that it teaches the girls tools for when they leave. They are tools that all of us could be using in our lives because we all need to be doing these things and we really help the girls understand that this isn't just because you've had a problematic past welcome to christianity this is relationship with christ this is what this is what god said he would do when we come into relationship with him he starts renewing us from the inside out and that is what that looks like and so we also therefore after that look at life hurts this is the part where it starts getting very messy uh, very tearful, very emotional, because we start looking at the specific incidents that have caused hurt and pain and abuse in their life. And because by this point, a lot of the foundations have been put in place, they can hear God's voice, they understand forgiveness, they know how to identify lies and to, how to replace them with truth. So by this point, when they start working through the actual abuse incidents, they've got some tools to be able to apply to that situation. And I have to tell you, very often, it's got nothing to do with the member of staff who's in that room. Very of The reason why the person who takes the girls through the program is called a facilitator is because that is exactly what she does. She facilitates the session, but the person who actually brings the healing is the Holy Spirit. 
And we just create an environment where that girl is able to be in the presence of God, where she's worked through some of the shame and guilt so that she can be in the presence of God. And then she herself will receive her healing from the Holy Spirit. And very often, all we do is create that moment and help just guide her through that. But it's a bit that, it's, it's incredible to see the change that happens when we get out of the way. I think one of the dangers of, of pastoral care is that we become Jesus to people, that we become the dialer friend. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm having an issue, I'll call so-and-so, I'll call so-and-so, when really what we need to be equipping people to do is be able to access the presence of the Holy Spirit for themselves, because that is where transformation lies. We also look at believers' authority, where we help the girls, it's based on the scripture where it says you can clean your house, but if you don't put more stuff in there and refurnish it, then you're going to be facing more problems seven times worse. So we help the girls understand that they have an authority in the name of Jesus, that they do not have to tolerate the attacks of the lies that come against them because so often the mind is bombarded, bombarded with lie after lie after lie. Their emotions are tangled in a big heap of mess. And along the way, they have to learn how to rise up even when it's still dark. They have to learn that staying on the floor and putting the duvet over your head is not the best answer. That Jesus will strengthen them as they rise up and as they use the name of Jesus and as they claim the territory, the freedom that is theirs. The difference that that makes to a person's life is is remarkable. And then after that, the last sort of section of their time with us, we're looking at principles of lifelong success. And that's where we're, you know, all along we've been looking at life skills. But this is where it gets quite intensified. What are they going to do when they leave? Where are they going to live? You know, we, we kind of up our communication with the churches just to make sure that they've either got a course they're going on or an internship or a job or that they're set up for what's coming next, that we don't just release them into nothingness, but that there's some structure in place for when they actually leave the program and that is probably the quickest recap I've ever done of the seven steps of choices that bring change. Uh, We do have a few minutes now for questions so if there's anyone who's got a burning question they would like to ask please put your hand up and I'll repeat the, the question in the microphone for you. Go ahead. Do you have to be attached to a church? You mean the the people applying to us? No, you don't. Um, But what we have found is that for that long-term success for that girl, she's got to be planted somewhere eventually. Because we're coming from a Christian approach, our belief and our statement of faith says that planted in the house, this is from the scriptures, they will flourish. There needs to be a local church that they are going to be part of, if not before, then certainly after they've been to Mercy. So we do want to start that early on. And if they're not in a church at all at the time, we will do what we can to get them plugged into a church before they come. Because it can take three to six to nine months even before they get into Mercy. So there's plenty of time during intake process to get them plugged into a church. And we've got a large network of churches from any from every denomination that are in partnership with us so that we're able to connect people into a church that would suit their particular flavor, if you like. 
Uh, we take 18 to 28 year old. Uh, the question is what happens to a woman who is married with a child? We've had both those. Uh, the chi we can't take children. We'd have to be a registered children's home and, and that's just, and it changes the dynamics of the, the home. So we don't take children. So usually, actually the ones we've had, the children were already in care anyway. Um, and another situation, the, the child went to live with their grandparents for six months whilst the mother came to be with us. And again, we've had uh, several married women and their husbands have released them for six months because they've understand that a six-month investment into their wife's life will probably save their marriage. Well, if, if the resident is married or, ha or has children, then she'll get a daily Skype call. Uh, of 15 minutes every day, so there is, uh, and that's in private, and then they can go home. Well, they go home once a month anyway, so. Yes. How do people find out about our program? Through people like you. Uh, we're, on the, we're on the internet, and we attend conferences, and usually through their local church or women's conference, or we, we speak at countless women's conferences up and down the country, uh, and we attend conferences such as these. And, and really, we rely on, on people like yourselves to be eyes and ears on the ground and just to see the young women who will need something like what we provide. How are we funded? Um, we are not funded by the government. We are funded through individuals like yourselves, £5, £10, £15 a month. And we've got over 600 people giving us anything from a pound a month to a £1,000 a month. Christian trust funds, Christian businesses, churches, uh, organisations who are sympathetic to our cause. So we, this year, will need to raise about £700,000. It costs £12,000 for every girl to go through the six-month program. So every girl that goes through Mercy Ministries has cost Mercy Ministries £12,000. Um, but God, what God orders, he pays for. And this has got God written all over it. You break it in half, it's got God in the middle. And we have, it's not been an easy journey, but last year was our most financially successful year ever amidst the world's most huge economic crisis. So that, to me, just shows you that God is quite capable of getting us. <laughs> the home is based in uh, just outside of Bradford, West Yorkshire, about half an hour outside of Bradford, right in the middle of Bronte country. That currently is the only home we take girls from all over the UK. Uh, we will be, in the future, operating more than one home. Uh, but that, those are still plans at the, t at the moment. We've just finished an extension, as I said earlier. So that was our interim plan. So we will, we first of all need to spend the rest of this year uh, kind of building up our monthly income so that we can fill the beds because we've got nine empty beds at the moment because we can't employ, we need two more members of staff and another minibus before we can fill all those beds. So and I, I want to just actually close with the testimony DVD because however much we talk, there is nothing that speaks louder than a changed life. So let's watch this, and then I'm afraid time has gone. Thank you so much for coming.
Somebody switch the lights off out the back there.
And just to let you know that those two DVDs that we showed are available on our stand just for a donation. If you just give us a donation, you can take one. And we also have some of our resources here. They're issue-specific books written by Nancy Alcorn, along with some of the graduates from our program in America uh, dealing with uh, sexual abuse, addictions, uh, eating disorders, and self-harm, uh, each book covering one of those subjects. So uh, go take a look at our stand. We're here till about 4 o'clock. And thank you so much for coming. <laughs>